0: Hey guys, this is Rocky and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. Hi, happy Mother's Day. I just want to know who approved this sappy video before I came up here. Come on, people. So good morning. I'm so glad that all the moms have come in and joined me today. Today's a special day and we want to celebrate together. One of the first things we get to do as moms is that we get to name our kids, right? And I believe that moms should have more pull because let's face it, we do more hard work. Some of us take a long time to figure out what our babies' names are going to be. We make lists, we compare, we look for meanings. I'm a postpartum nurse. So I find it extremely crazy when I get to the hospital, and there's a couple there, and they have no idea what they're going to name their kids. And I'm like, people, you had nine months. For some of us, we know the name immediately. For example, I've known since high high school that if I had a a daughter, her name would be Stella. She's named after my grandmother, Estela, and my favorite character from my favorite novel, Great Expectations. I know that naming your baby can be a difficult decision because this name is going to stick for them for the rest of their lives. When I was pregnant with my first son, Caleb, I had to call my best friend, Joe, for advice. And you're probably thinking, like, Soleilani, you've known since high school that you were going to have Estella, but you had no idea what your son's name were going to be. And this is because in my plans, I wasn't having any sons. You know, I was going to have three girls, and I had names for all three of them. Um... But God showed me a lesson, one that He likes to teach me over and over, that I really don't have much control over important things in my life. So I asked Joe, Joe, how did you know that Kaylee's name would be Kaylee? Like, how did you come up with that? She's like, well, I do this thing. I go, well, what's the thing you do? I stand in my living room by myself, and I just start repeating the name over and over for 10 or 15 minutes. So I say her name loudly and I say her name softly, and I say her name kindly, and I would say her name sternly, like, Kaylee, good job, Mama, you did a great job today, or Kaylee Savina Farhan, come here right now. She said that at the end of the 15 minutes, if she wasn't totally sick with the name, that would be the name of her child. Our child's name is the first label we give them. My mom named me a beautiful name. My name is Leilani, for those of you that don't know me. It is a Hawaiian name, and it means heavenly flower. Thank you, Mom, for my name. However, I wasn't always so thankful for it. You see, growing up, it would take the teachers a couple of weeks to learn my name. And first day of school roll call was a nightmare. It kind of went something like this video. All right, listen up, y'all. I'm you all substitute teacher, Mr. Garvey. I taught school for 20 years in the inner city. So don't even think about messing with me. Y'all feel me? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a roll here. Jay Quellen. Where's Jay Quellen at? No Jay Quellen here? <clears throat> yeah. Uh do you mean Jacqueline? Okay. So that's how it's gonna be. Y'all wanna play. Okay, Dan. I've got my eye on you, Jay Quellen. Balaki. Where is Balaki at? No, no Balaki here today. Yes, sir. My name's Blake. Blake? What? Do you want to go to war, Balaki? No. Because we could go to war. No. I'm for real. I'm for real. So you better check yourself. Okay, so maybe this is a little exaggerated. It went something like that, but not exactly like that. And this shy girl, every time she had to introduce herself, it was like, I would have to say my name over and over. Hi, my name is Leilani. What? What's your name? La what? And just imagine growing up in South Florida with all the Cuban viejos. Mi ¿cómo tú te llamas? Ah, mi nombre es Leilani. ¿Qué? ¿Cómo? But then in September of 1992... Eric Clapton releases his acoustic version of the song Layla and the nickname Layla Stuck. Till this day, even my mama calls me Layla. Labels can be very helpful, like Layla's helped me get through life and help other people name me Layla through life. And sometimes labels are important. So just imagine that Mark would ask me today that for dinner he would want me to make him picadillo, arroz, y frijoles negro. That Mark would want rice, black beans, and picadillo. But when I get to the grocery store, nothing has a label. I could get the meat, because it comes in a clear packaging. I could get the rice, because it comes in a clear packaging. But when I get to the canned bean section, because no one here was even pretending that I was going to make these beans from scratch, right? Okay. Um, Nothing had a label, and I had to guess which ones they were. I get home, I make dinner, and when I open the can, they're green beans. Listen, I like green beans, but just not with my white rice and picadillo. Sometimes labels can save our lives like poison do not eat do not drink or contains nuts. I have a friend who his daughter severely allergic to peanuts. If this girl has a peanut she can die. She has to carry an EpiPen with her everywhere she goes. But not all labels are hurt, are helpful. Actually, most of them are hurtful. Like when someone calls you a loser or fired damaged average addict unwanted unloved. The list goes on. I'm not here to talk about the first labels we get as babies that our moms give us, or the very helpful labels at grocery stores. I want to talk about the labels that get placed on us throughout our lives. Sometimes these labels are given to us by others, and sometimes we label ourselves. So this morning, I have two questions for you. Question number one, what labels have you placed on yourself? In the fall of 1996, I was a freshman at Barrett University. Any berry Bucks in the house? Woo! One berry Buck. <laughs> okay, so not only was I accepted as a freshman into the nursing program, I had a nice scholarship that went along with it. And you would think that that would have been enough to give me the confidence and drive that I needed, but it wasn't. Everybody was telling me that I would be fine, that I would do great, but all I kept thinking was that I wasn't good enough and that I didn't have what it takes. I was so stressed out. I was so stressed out and I wouldn't eat. I was like 90 pounds and not a cute 90 pounds. Like, what's wrong with Leilani 90 pounds? I was getting sick all the time and sick to the point that one day I passed out and my dad even had to call an ambulance. And all because I had labeled myself not good enough. The Bible talks to us about a woman who did something similar. She labeled herself. I'm going to ask you to turn to Ruth 1, if you have your Bibles with you, and if you don't, don't worry, you can follow up along on the screen. So Ruth 1, verse 1, in the days when judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the name of his two sons were Malon and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah, and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So this is a pretty tragic story. Naomi loses her husband. She loses both sons, and she decides, you know what? I'm going back. I'm going back home to Bethlehem. She asks her daughter-in-laws to go away. Go back to where you came from. I have nothing to offer you. You will have no life with me. Orpah goes back, but Ruth says, no. No, I'm sticking with you. Your people are my people. Your God will be my God. And together they went to Bethlehem. When they got there, Naomi had an announcement to make, and we find this in verse 20. Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Naomi labels herself Mara because it means bitter. And can you blame her? So she went from Naomi, which means pleasantness in Hebrew, to bitter, Mara. In biblical times, when a child was being named, this was a serious thing. Prayer and meditation played a big role. They didn't just name the child because it was a popular name or a cool name. Naming a child was a divine occasion. It was inspired by their faith in God. Parents chose names known to give good fortune because a a person's name was thought to determine his or her fate and destiny. So when her parents named her Naomi, this was something that God had inspired them to do, to bless her with a good life. But after difficult circumstances in life, she rejected that name and gave herself not a blessing, but a curse. She named herself bitter. How many times do we do this to ourselves? Like when I was in college, instead of believing in my teachers, my mentors, my friends, my parents, I chose to believe the you're not good enough lie in my head. And I would like to tell you, I would love to tell you, that college was the last time that I believed this. But it wasn't, and it hasn't. It's come up many times. It's come up in job promotions. It's come up in my marriage. And it's come up big time as a mom. Like, have you guys ever sat there and thought, Lord, are you sure that these three kids were supposed to be for me? Was I the best person for the job? I remember a couple years ago, I heard a a preacher, and he said, um, you will never be the perfect mom, but you are the perfect mom for your kids. These kids were divinely ordained to me, just like your kids were divinely ordained to you. So, those are our kids. we got to do a good job. This week, I also saw a very cute meme that said, behind every great kid, there's a mom who's pretty sure she's screwing it all up. And that's me. You see, sometimes we can be our worst enemies. It's not right, but many times we let our present circumstances name us. We let our situation label us. Naomi thought that this was the end of her story. Little did she know it was just the beginning. I'm here to tell you today that no matter what you've labeled yourself, your story is not over. God has a plan for your life bigger than the label you've given yourself. Question number two, what labels have others placed on you? So sometimes we label ourselves, sometimes other people give us labels, and it's a reality. We can't stop the negative labels, the negative comments from coming our way but we can choose not to believe them. We could choose not to wear those labels. Did you know that Lucille Ball was told by her acting coach that she would never make it, that she would never make it in Hollywood? The queen of comedy was told that. Most of you don't know this, but my daughter's middle name is Lucille for two reasons. One is my father-in-law told my husband and I that we had a beautiful daughter named Lucy, but she wouldn't come for another four years. And number two, she's named after the queen of comedy because I love Lucy. Um, And this fact I really couldn't get over. Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper company because he lacked creativity and imagination. People, Walt Disney lacked creativity and imagination. Even if we're not Disney fans, which I believe most of us are, um, we can all agree that Disney did not lack imagination. We see this sort of thing happen in the Bible also. Like when the prophet Samuel comes to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be the next king of Israel. So just turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel 16. We're going to start reading in verse 7, or you can look up on the screen. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But in the words of Ariana Grande, Samuel tells Jesse, Thank you, next. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, "'Nor has the Lord chosen this one.' Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, "'The Lord has not chosen these.' So he asked Jesse, "'Are these all your sons?' "'There is still the youngest,' Jesse answered. "'He is tending the sheep.' Samuel said, "'Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives.' So he went for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features.' Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. You can pause there. Jesse, the father of the future King David thought, I know it's not David. He's too small. He's too young. He's not that talented. Maybe he's not as smart as as his brothers. David had all these negative labels put on him by his own father. I mean, his father didn't have to say a word, but can you just imagine getting home and you realize that your dad had called all his sons to be the possible king but didn't even think of you? But God doesn't label like we label. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The common denominator in the success of David, of Disney, of Lucy was that they chose to remove those negative labels. Are there labels that are holding you back today? What a coach, a counselor, a parent, a teacher, a boss said? This is the time to remove every negative label. People don't determine your future. God does. The only power that label has over you is the power that you give it. You may be thinking, Leilani, all of that sounds great, but how do I get rid of these labels that I'm carrying around? Well, number one. You need to understand that your biggest sins, failures, and nastiest labels are not too big for God's grace. Today, there isn't anything that God can't forgive you for. There is no label that he can't redeem. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't say from some unrighteousness. It doesn't say from some some sins. It says, from all sins and all unrighteousness. I'm not saying that there won't be consequences for your sins or consequences for your actions, but forgiveness is there waiting for you if you're willing to accept it. Jeremiah 31:34, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. So next time you think that God can't use you because of what you've been labeled or what someone else has labeled you, just check out this next list of names that God used. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Genesis 27 actually describes her and says that she has weak eyes. And I think that's just the Bible, like a nice version of saying like she wasn't easy on the eyes. I mean, this poor girl, her dad had to marry her dad had to trick her husband into marrying her. Moses had a stuttering problem, or what we would call umgago. Gideon was a weakling. I mean, he was the weakest member of the weakest family of the weakest tribe. And we're going to talk about him a little later. Naomi, widow, childless, bitter. Samson, womanizer. Rahab, prostitute. Timothy was too young. Abraham was too old. David was an adulterer and a murderer. And remember, his father Jesse didn't even believe in him. Jonah was a runaway. The disciples were sleepyheads. Remember, they had one job. Jesus was like, can you come and pray with me? And they all fall asleep in the garden. Paul was a persecutor. And now I'm going to need help with this one. And how can we leave out Doubting Thomas? Doubting Thomas. You see, sometimes these names, they stick through through us through life. So next time the devil's trying to convince you that you can't do something great for God because of what you've labeled yourself, remember the above list. What do all these people have in common? They didn't allow a label to determine who they were and what they were going to do for God, which leads us to our next point, number two. You need to believe that you are not what you've done. You are not what you've been labeled. You are who God says that you are. He's the only one that can label us because he's the one that created us. Psalm 139.13, 13, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. No one knows us like he, he knows us. The Bible also tells us that the Lord will give us a new name, a new label. This is found in Isaiah 62.2. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. Come to him. He wants to give you a new name. He wants to give you a new label. He wants to give you a new life. I want to share with you some of the labels or names that the Bible calls those that have accepted Christ and his forgiveness are in his family. He calls us loved, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave up everything he had just to have a relationship with you. He calls us more than conquerors, Romans eight thirty seven. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So stop walking around like you're defeated. Stop walking around like you don't got this. You got this. Victorious, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're labeled children of God, John 1.12. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He is a father to the fatherless. We're labeled forgiven, 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Stop walking around with all that guilt. Stop walking around with all that shame. Galatians 5.1 says that we are set free. Christ has set us free. Don't submit again to slavery. Some of you here today are slaves to the labels that you're wearing. Labels are like chains. They hold you back. They hold you down. Remove them. Colossians 3.12, we're called holy and beloved. Romans 15.7, we are accepted. Accept one another as Christ accepted you. If you're here today and you were rejected by a parent, a child, a spouse, an ex, I know that this can be very hurtful, but know that you're accepted by the only one that you need acceptance from. So next time the world tells you you're an addict, you're unloved, you're unwanted, you're defeated, you are sick, you let the devil know not today. Christ calls me free. He calls me loved. He calls me beloved. He calls me more than a conqueror. He calls me healed. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, we learn that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. He gives you a new life. He gives you a new name. Remember earlier that I mentioned Gideon? Gideon gets a label change in Judges 6. But I think my favorite thing about this label change is that Gideon, he didn't do anything. Gideon went from Gideon the weak to Gideon mighty man of valor. He did this before he won the first battle. He did this before he proved himself. God spoke life into his life before the first battle was won. Parents, grandparents, teachers, caregivers, this land's for you. Speak life into your kids. Show them the potential that they have. I'm speaking to myself here because sometimes my son Josh's leadership abilities, they take me over the edge, but I need to remember to speak life. Today God wants to speak life into your life. He wants to change your labels. He wants to change your labels just like he changed Gideon's from Gideon the weak to Gideon mighty man of valor, like he turned Jacob the liar into Jacob one who prevails. He took Abraham, high father, to Abraham, father of many nations. He took Saul, the persecutor of Christian, to Paul, who would be persecuted for Christ. You have a new label in Christ. Accept your new identity in him. Remove the old labels. Wrong labels can keep you from your God-given purpose. Don't go the next 20, 30, 40 years with the wrong negative labels on yourself. So I'm going to ask, where are my, any middle school kids? High school kids, college, I want you to get up. I want you to stand up. Stand up and look at me. The reason I asked you to stand up was just in case you were already getting bored with my message. This is the one thing, Joshua Rodriguez, mommy just asked you to get up. That's the story of my life, people. That's the story of my life. (laughs) So there's one thing I want you to learn from today's message. You are not who people say that you are. You are who God says that you are. You are, not who, you are not who mom and dad said you are in a moment of parenting frustration. You are not the bad kid the school might have labeled you as. You are not the loser a punk kid in your class has convinced you that you are. You are who God says that you are. So before you sit down... I want you to repeat with me, I am, oh guys, come on, I don't hear you, I am who God says that I am. I want you to repeat that one more time like you mean it. I am who God says that I am. Okay, you can sit down. Just two more points. With your new God-given label comes a new purpose. In Luke 5, we read about Simon Peter. Simon Peter was a fisherman, but Jesus came and said, you're going to be my disciple. He got a new label, but guess what? With that that new label, he got a new purpose. You will no longer fish fish. You will fish men. You will need to grow into your name. You will need to grow into your purpose. About 12 weeks ago, I received a new label. Some of my friends here jokingly call me pastora, and I think they like to call me that just because I cringe a little bit. Um... And if a couple of years ago you would have told me that Mark and I would start Love Unlimited with some crazy family and friends, I would have totally laughed. Has anyone here ever taken or heard of the Myers-Briggs assessment? Okay. So it's a personality test. Um, It's a self-assessment that you can take. You answer all these questions, and there's about 16 different personality types that you're classified under. Um, Don't judge your pastor's wife, but she is classified as an ISFJ. And can anyone here guess what the I stands for? Introvert. It's me. So this girl this morning, she didn't even bother with the natural aluminum-free deodorant. She went straight for the prescription strength stuff, okay? Because she knew she'd be sweating bullets all day. I've actually been sweating bullets for two weeks. Um, This is the girl who was more afraid to take a speech class than a statistics class at the university. But you see, I got a new label, only one that God could have given me. I don't deserve it. My personality assessment shows I'm probably not the most qualified, but I'm growing into my new label and my new purpose. And like Jeremy said last week, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. So today I have some exciting news. I'm not getting another dog, Mom. Okay, it's not that Um, I have some exciting news that I want to share with all of you. I want to invite all the ladies in Love Unlimited to grow alongside me as we launch our women's ministry and we label ourselves She. She is based off the verse in Proverbs 31.25 that she is clothed in strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. We're starting a Bible study in the summer, and we would love for you to join us. Um, Actually, in the other gym, we're going to have a table. If you have any more questions, you can go ask Roxy. She'll be happy to answer them all. Number four, and my last point. You need to know that you can't change your past, but Christ can change your future. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you a future. Jesus came to redeem the labels that life has given you and change your future. And for the not-so-young people in the room, no, I am not labeling anybody old. I want you to know that this is the way I've always been. This is the way I've been labeled since I was a kid, excuse. It goes out the door when you come to Christ. He made you a new creature no matter how old that you are. And just in case you didn't know, my older crowd... There's no retirement age when it comes to fulfilling your God's given purpose. May we all be found doing his will and his work until we take our last breath. It doesn't matter your age. I want you to understand that God's power is bigger than your past. God's truth is bigger than people's opinions of you. What's true about you now, what was true about you yesterday, what was true about you the moment that you walked in, Doesn't need to be the truth about you when we leave this place. We are new creatures. The old is gone. Philippians 3.13 But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I'd like to close today with um, a quote from Mark Batterson's book, Chase the Lion, that I tweaked a little bit. It reads like this. At the end of our lives, our greatest regrets will be the God-ordained opportunities we left on the table, the God-given passions we didn't pursue, and the God-sized dreams we didn't go after because we let a label dictate our decision. Refuse to let the labels of your past limit God's plan for your future today. We've all received negative labels throughout our lives. I mean, that's just the case. Um, labels that weigh us down, that hurt us, that hurt those around us. These labels are trying to rob us from our future. If you see on the stack of papers that you got, we all received a hello, my name is name tag today. If you could just pull that out. I see that some of you are wearing them, and that's fine. But today, I want you to write your labels down. I want you to write them down there. And I want us to bring them up. And I want us to make a mess of the mess of our life and leave them up here. So I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna have Mark come down with me. And I just wanna let you know, I have a confession to make. You see, the God, the not good enough lie that I tell you I kind of struggle with, it popped up about two weeks ago when I had to get serious about my message. Like Mark's been joking for months that, you know, you're preaching on Mother's Day, you're preaching on Mother's Day. But about two weeks ago, when I really had to sit down and start writing my notes, the not so good enough lie popped in my head. And it reminded me that I'm not a great public speaker. It reminded me that I'm a woman of little words. It reminded me that Mark can talk talk circles around me Like, he talks, like, the words just, like, come out. And I'm more like, blah, blah, blah. But then I got convicted because I had to read Gideon's story. And if I was going to preach it, I was going to have to believe it for my life. When God changed Gideon from weak to man of valor, I had to believe that before I said a first word today that I would be qualified to be doing what I'm doing up here because he called me to do it. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast has ministered to you and you would like to help us continue reaching people that need to be inspired by the word of God, please consider making a donation at GodLovesMiami.com. That's GodLovesMiami.com. And we'll see you next time on the God Loves Miami podcast.